Hi, my name is Thais Gibson and I'm the co-owner and creator of the Personal Development School. This is your daily breakthrough video and in this video we're going to talk a little bit about the red flags a fearful avoidant attachment style individual tends to ignore the most when they enter into romantic relationships. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about like how this happens, why it happens, and a little bit about what you can do about it. So before I dive in, we are um, adding two really amazing things um, to just really beef up community during this time. Um, inside the personal development school, we are adding our 90 day challenge, which is your three months to become secure. So much of our research says if people take two courses a month on the personal development school guide that's ordered for your attachment style. So you can look and be like, okay, these are the first um, I think we have the first 10 courses we recommend per attachment style. If you take the first six of those 10, if you attend two live webinars a week, and if you complete your workbooks and do the integration work, people become secure. And our data is extremely, extremely high um, within a three-month period of people changing and transforming and becoming very secure if they complete those things in that way. Um, so highly recommend you jump in for that. We have an attachment coach who's literally going to be in there monitoring our community, um, connecting, helping sort of like move everybody along in there. And um, we are also adding three live events a week. I already do four live webinars a week. We're adding with our attachment coaches, a morning routine, an evening routine, and a group social where it'll be like a mastermind group format. That's our test. And then we might add another three for people so that in different time zones, thing can, things can work, all kinds of stuff. So you will have like inside the school, ongoing support, ongoing events, ongoing places you can connect to people. And we're really doing this to try to beef up that like community connection piece. Um, and it's Zoom um, calls that we're adding so you can see people's faces, all that stuff. Anyways, with you is 25% off um, for three, six, 12 month bundles. And we're keeping that alive um, until things go back to normal for, for a lot of people around the world. And if there's anything I can do that you can think of, to help you on your journey, please let me know in the comments below um, here. And I'm happy to, to do my best to take those things into consideration and hopefully be able to add that extra value. That's why we do it. That's why I am doing a daily YouTube video right now. Um, so let's talk about this. So what red flags does a fearful avoidant ignore the most? As I say, or as I said in the previous part of the series, we ignore the red flags the most that are the deepest reflection of our own behaviors in the relationship to ourselves. So I'm just gonna say that one more time um, because it's really important to understand. We ignore the red flags the most that are the deepest reflection of our own behavior in the relationship to ourselves. So what this really means is that the things we're already doing in the relationship to ourselves, we're not as likely to notice when other people are doing them to us because our alarm bells are not really working so well. If, you know, they've been going off this whole time in the relationship to self and nobody's listening, right? So if we don't realize that we're treating ourselves this way, like let's say, for example, we're really critical to ourselves. When somebody else is critical, we might be bothered by it or upset by it, but we're more likely to accept it because the juxtaposition between being really kind to yourself and then having somebody be really critical to you and rude and unfair and being able to go, wow, that's not healthy versus the juxtaposition between you already treating yourself that way and somebody else coming in and treating you that way. Your subconscious goes, oh, this is familiar. Your conscious mind might go, hmm, this is questionable, but your subconscious mind will likely, is much more likely to stay. 
it's likely to go, oh, this is familiar. And part of our subconscious comfort zone is what we're attracted to in other people. And so, um, you know, it's very important to recognize if there's red flags that are getting filtered out. We have this, this um, part of our brain called the reticular activating system whose job is to basically be the filter. If we um, already are acting a certain way to ourselves, we're less likely to be able to go, whoa, this is something strange and really unhealthy. And I feel that it's really important for me to leave at this time. So I just want you to know that, okay? It's like the alarm bells will go off, but you don't hear them in the same way, if that makes sense. Now, how does this show up for fearful avoidance? Well, here are some really interesting aspects of the fearful avoidant attachment style in, in how they unhealthily can act in the relationship to themselves and how this might translate to them not seeing that other people are treating them this way or not catching the red flags, not having the sirens go off and really hearing them soon enough. So one of them is being controlled. And this is a really interesting thing because FAs can be very, um, what's the word? Like not rebellious, but kind of rebellious. Like FAs can be like, good, 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 not say anything, not say anything. And then bam, like they're out of there. And they often sometimes struggle with like, um, you know, resisting authority. But one really interesting thing that fearful avoidance do is they often grow up in some kind of controlling dynamic, either because they feel like they have to control themselves to walk on eggshells around a caregiver who's unhealthy or multiple caregivers who are unhealthy, um, or because they are in a position where, um, they have an actually very controlling caregiver or set of caregivers that they're exposed to. And so part of how the FA adapts to these sorts of dynamics is they often go on in their adult lives to be very controlling of their life. They can be very controlling with like what they eat, what their routine is, what their schedule is like, what their goals are. Um, and this is a, this is a way of, you know, control is always rooted in, in fear. Control is always a way that we always a mechanism we use to try to keep ourselves safe, though it can have some very detrimental um, downsides. For FAs, if there's a healthy relationship there, like you're really on top of your goals and your routines and things like that, it can be a very beautiful, powerful thing. But there's a very fine line between um, needing con to control everything and not wanting anything to be out of your control. Um, and so it's important to recognize how that can go south very quickly, right? Um, and so what this does, which is quite interesting, is it often puts FAs in the dynamic where in the dating phase, they will stay too long with people who are showing red flags of controllingness because again, the subconscious mind goes, oh, this is familiar. Like we're used to feeling controlled because we are controlling the relationship to ourselves, right? So I want you to notice that. Now, FAs will tend to, because they really don't like um, feeling controlled a lot of the time, they will often put up with that, put up with that, put up with that, and then reach a breaking point um, by or around the honeymoon or power struggle phase where they're like, no, this is not okay, and they, they will walk away. But there can be a lot of wasted time putting up with unhealthy things and patterns prior to that point. And so I just want to make that very clear. Um, another thing, boundary violations from others. Now, these will not necessarily be people who are like actively violating your boundaries in, an, in a dangerous way or something like that. It can be, but more rare, more rarely for FAs. Um, it's more like boundary violations because you're actually not communicating your boundaries and you're assuming other people should know. And so we can sort of like, you know, FAs can sort of ignore these things until they overflow. And also FAs are often attracted to people who accidentally or indirectly violate their boundaries. 
Epis are often attracted to the wounded people and they feel like they need to be the rescuers or the takers and they feel like they need to be the givers. Why? Subconscious comfort zone. And that reflects in the relationship to yourself, you giving of yourself to win approval or connection from other people, largely again, because you probably felt that that was what you had to do um, in childhood or perhaps in an earlier relationship if you became more FA after a long marriage or something of that sort. Um, now, another really important thing is that um, um, FAs will, will ignore when people aren't growing with them. FAs often are like very adaptive, had to, had to learn to be very adaptive, will grow very quickly a lot of the time, um, expand very quickly once they're on a track to healing. When they're not, it's like they aspire to, but they can often feel like they're taking two steps forward and one step back because they're also being like drowned out by their own um, painful internal dialogue, which is taking up so much real estate in the FA subconscious mind and unmet needs and that being a subconscious comfort zone and being in that state of re-traumatization. So often FAs prior to healing and really doing the work will often feel like they're pushing, 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 but always getting pulled back, always getting pulled back and, and sort of like they're trying to run through like tar or like, you know, big things of mud. Um, and, and that's because you're carrying painful patterns at a subconscious level most FAs in general, um, until you do that work. Um, but once you start healing, sometimes because you grow so quickly, you will, um, put yourself in a position where you ignore the red flag of people not being able to grow as much with you or, or, you know, not wanting to, or not having the same, um, ideals and things like that, which in some cases can be perfectly fine, but in other cases that could be a deal breaker and you're likely to ignore it and filter it out and not notice. So it's really important to recognize. Um, and then FAs can in more extreme cases, more extreme FAs um, can absolutely ignore very toxic dynamics and relationships and in the way that somebody else speaks to them in their internal dialogue. Um, and this is if the internal dialogue they have in the relationship to themselves is very unhealthy. And so this is why it's really important to be an advocate for yourself when you see unhealthy situations and be able to leave if you see something unhealthy taking place. And it can be very difficult to do if we're in a state of ignoring and repressing our feelings. So it is very important to be clear ahead of time about what your boundaries are and what is acceptable for you and what's not. And if you see patterns in other people that you notice, oh my goodness, I have a pattern of allowing this in in the past, it's important for you to rise up and show up in the relationship to yourself to reprogram that pattern while also setting conscious boundaries to not allow that unhealthy pattern in. And once you've reprogrammed it in the relationship to yourself, you will not be attracted to it in people outside of you. So really important to recognize. Hope this is really helpful. Thank you so much for watching and being here. Please like, share, and subscribe, and I will see you in the next video.